it, huh? Come on. I'm better. I'm now that you guys will come up here and do it. Who can do a legit moonwalk? Yeah, you know oh. how to do it. Do it right here in the aisle. Come on. We're going to find out. Oh, we got some moonwalking. She's going to moonwalk. Nah, not bad, it's hard not with bad. the boots. And that's pretty good, though. That's pretty nah, good. That's good. I'm impressed. I can't do it, obviously. I can't do a lot of dance moves. Hey, Happy New Year! We're going to find out right now. Happy New Year! Hey, my name's Dave. This is Josh. And we're going to be a little crazy for a few moments. we got to start the New Year right, right? You're going to be dancing tonight at some New Year's Eve dance party. Even so if it's on your own. we're going to teach you how to dance. So stand up. Stand up. We're going to teach you some dance moves. So here's the reality. I'm not, this is not a joke. Dave Wilson has been studying all week trying to dance. I can't dance. I can't dance either. I can't dance. I can't dance. So we called a friend and we said, hey, can you make a video for us and show us some dance moves? So we're going to show our friend Kevin right now. He's going to come on the screens. He, he said he's sick this morning. So whatever. We're going to show you a video. He's so, going to teach oh, you. Oh, there he is. So here's how we got to start it. Dance moves. Let's just get a little normal rhythm going. Just everybody just get some claps. Let's get some claps. Loosen up. up a little bit. He's dancing around a little bit, having some fun. Yeah, keep it going. Get, get on rhythm. Hey, now step to the right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Step to the left. No, I can do whatever I want, Josh. Don't tell me what to do. You're not in charge. Right, right. Keep it going. Yeah, see, see our hey, friend. Wait, wait, wait. We got some people aren't standing up, Josh. Stand up. What do we do? This is church. We should. All right, hey, add a little step to it. Come on, step. everybody. There you go, a little step. All right, here All comes right. my favorite. We're going to squash the bug in a second here. Here it comes. The everybody, go. Squash the bug. Squash the bug. Turn it, turn it, turn it. Squash the bug. Come on, I want to see it. Squash, squash, squash. Bug. squash. Squash the bug. Squash the bug. Squash Pretty the bug. Good move. Pretty good move. All right, everybody, go to your side. Side. Clap. We're gonna do the jerk. This one's really hard for me. Try it. The jerk. I look like a stinking moron. Is that it? Is that it? Yeah, you guys look like jerks. All right, that's good. <laughs> good job, dude. Right, my favorite. The whip and the nay nay. Oh, this is here. Easy. We go. Everybody knows how to watch do the whip. Watch me whip. No, watch me nay nay. Come on. There you go. Whip. Now watch, watch me nay nay. Oh, see it? Oh, yeah, we're ahead. Man. Not bad, Frank. That All right, now we're going to give you some tips. Good. Some tips. Awkward phone call. So if somebody just, you don't want to talk to somebody. Tonight at the party, you don't want to talk to somebody. You don't want to talk to somebody. Here's your move. So it's like, ooh, yo, hey, hi, how are you? Ooh, I got a phone call. Oh, I got a phone call. Ooh, got a phone call. Got no, a phone no, no. call. Try ooh, it. I got a phone Come call. Come on. Got a phone call. Just do that tonight. Just get right. the phone out. We got the about to fight one. You just oh, got to. Yeah. got to do it. Yeah, like, got action. Come on, everybody. Can I hit him? Oh, whoa, whoa. It's not real. It's right. about to fight. Oh, okay. Right. Man. All right, what's next? Then we got avoid the kiss. Some of you need to avoid some kisses. It's midnight. They're coming in for the kiss. I have a lot of onion dip. So you need to just kind of do one of these things. Do the oh. Heisman. Yuck. Oops. Push them away. Do that the yeah, Heisman. they go yeah. for the kiss. They go for the kiss. Oh, no. Do the Heisman. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're not ugh. kissing. Girl, one that more? One. Oh, this oh, is this the hard one. Oh, this one's not good. Everybody, check your hair. Yeah, baby. This is a good one for me. Check your hair. Dave, you still have to check it. You can flick it. Well, you can't do that. There you go. All right, here's the best one. This is the hardest. The backpack kid. Five bucks to anybody who can do this one. Who can do this? Because I can't. I think I'm really good at it. You look more like Pee Wee Herman. It's awesome. Is that All right. it? That's good. Get off. All right, I'm out of here. All right, everybody. That right there is your tips. New Year's. Sounds good, huh? Pretty good, huh? All right. We're going to keep partying, so stay standing, because we're going to sing together. We're going to sing a song called Shine a Light, and we're going to ring in the new year in fashion and fun. So let's do it.
Well, let's put our hands together. Here we go. Waking up to another life. No more sorrow, no more nights. You're the light. Let it shine now. Let it shine now. Burning bright cause we're not ashamed We got a world to illuminate You're the light, let it shine now Let it shine now Come on, keep popping
say you can take a seat. We just thought it'd be a crazy. Josh was pretty funny, wasn't he? Can anybody do that backpack thing? I've been trying all week. It's so stinking hard to do. Can you do it? Let me see it. Seriously, it's not easy to do. Let's see it. Wow. How do you do that? I need you at my house after the Lions game tonight, victory, and teach me that. Um, anyway, I've never even seen that thing till that thing. But anyway, we just thought it'd be a crazy way to start the day, and you guys were the best service yet, weren't they, Josh? It's because you slept in, you're ready for the day, I guess, I don't know, but uh, we just thought it'd be great to start the new year, and you guys think the new year starts tomorrow, starts right now. It starts right now, because we decided, and we've done this every year, uh, instead of starting a series today, we're going to stand alone just about making, here, you hear me here? 2018 can be the best year of your life. Anybody with me? This can be the best year of your life. It starts right now, right here. I'm telling you what's going to happen. In the next hour, God is going to speak a word over you, and he's going to change you, and you're going to start your new year. Not tomorrow, today. It's going to start right now, and it's going to be a great year. It's your choice today. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But here's the thing. To help you and I do that, we've got some things this month that are going to literally be life-changing. January 19th, a Friday night, and Saturday morning, the 20th, we have another leadership gathering. There'll be over 1,000 people here that are leaders and volunteers and servers, and that's you. If you want to show up and come, it's going to be all about emotional health. You can't lead well if you're not emotionally healthy, and we're going to spend the night and Saturday morning talking about that. Here's a little promo video to give you an idea what that's going to look like. Lead. You can't lead if you're not hearing the voice of God. Together, there is nothing that we can't do. I really believe that God has given us a sacred trust. The uh, leadership gathering is always a great time to refuel and refresh, and that's really why we do it, to help refuel us for energy to go into, again, making this the best year as a leader, as a volunteer here. Again, sign up. You can go on our website and go on our app. Sign up for that. This place, hopefully, will be packed as well. And then this Wednesday is also another great way to start the new year. We have our midweek service starting uh, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We're starting a new series on the book of Philippians. Uh, which is a book in the New Testament. It's got four short chapters. You can read all four of these today, tomorrow, and get ready to come in uh, Wednesday night. We're going to go verse by verse through the book. We've done that with a couple times and do it here and then at our Troy campus and back here, back and forth. It's a powerful book. If you know the book of Philippians, it's this book has all these little verses that everybody seems to know. They're quotable verses like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ever heard that? That's in Philippians 4. Uh, to live as Christ, to die as gain. What do these things mean? God has a message of truth that is life-changing. It's one of my favorite books in the New Testament. And this Wednesday night, trust me, I'm only going to cover one verse. But you're going to understand Philippians like never before, and we're going to start a journey together. So uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, uh, you don't want to miss it. So here we are. 
2017, I know you're sitting there going, it's not over yet, dude. Yep, it's over. It's over. It just ended. It ended five minutes ago. That year's done. No more last year. No more, I don't know if it was a good year or a bad year for you. It doesn't matter. It's done. It's like dig up the casket, throw it in there, close the thing down, throw the dirt on it. 2017's over. We're moving it out of 2018. You with me? Yeah. Now, and by the way, it's okay at church to yell and scream and whoop it up, right? 2018 is going to be the year Kensington like gets alive, all right? It's like no more frozen chosen. We can, if we feel it in our soul, we go whoop, go ahead and go whoop, right? Yeah, if you're in a Lions game and something good happens, you're just going to sit there? No, you're going to whoop, like all day today. People are just going to be whooping the 18 people that are going to show up. But anyway, um, so seriously, it's like, I really believe God has given me and us, I think, a vision to say, okay, 2017, again, it could have been a good year, but for a lot of us, it's like, uh, it's sort of the year that divisions were built and bad things happened in our country and there were walls built up between us and other people and other people that weren't like us. And 2018 is a year where it's like, we got we to gotta have a new vision. And so that's where I'm going today. And as, as we go there, I want to show you a, a video, a slam that my son Cody wrote, and then they made a video of it, which is really a good way to set up today. It's like, okay, let's look back, but more importantly, let's look forward. Watch this. As we look back on 2017, what do we see? What are the memories that it will leave? What will it be remembered for? That new funny meme or maybe something more? The year of the inauguration, did your team win? Are we keeping score? Are we fighting for love or starting a war? 2017, the year of the walls. Because if you don't think like me, talk like me, or walk like me, stay on your side. I've made up my mind and I'm more comfortable if you don't cross my line. Just check the Facebook wall we look at every day. I see posts laced with hate and demonstrations to retaliate. Because we love to prove that you're wrong and we think this is what it looks like to be really strong. Posting from behind a screen, so you know, people will know what I mean. Making names into numbers and pretending like we care. Cause I posted to create awareness, I click share. But when was the last time we took the time to stare at pain in the face of the hurting? Took the time to see the humanity in the image of God and the people we passed? Not even saying hi, because we have to complete our task. And it's so easy to ask, well, how did we get here? But each choice, good or bad, starts with the person in the mirror deciding what will I live for? Will my life be used to build or destroy? What kingdom will I advance more? It all starts with the decisions that I make. Will I choose to love or demonstrate hate? And if 2017 was the year of the walls, then let 2018 be the year they all fall. Let our New Year's resolution be a revolution that screams, we choose love. Flicker, flicker. And the light breaks into the night, hope on the horizon, a reason to fight. Darkness cowers at the light of Jesus Christ. This light that's flickering is starting to spread, a spark that's marked by people who become love. Living stones, building blocks of light, illuminating the earth with the good news of Christ. Unity, peace, and love. The weapons of our warfare, bullets that declare we act. 
actually care. We're not just stepping into the future. We're intentionally creating a new world. Each good deed, a building block that paints a new mural. There's no walls in heaven, and we declare there shouldn't be any here. So we stop to hear the voice of those in pain, listening to hear their stories, and remembering their names. And this spark becomes a fire, and this fire becomes a flame. From the ash rises beauty by the power of Jesus' name. So it's important to remember, change starts with me. So ask, as we look to 2018, who will I be? What is the legacy that I will leave? Will I build a better future than the present I'm in or with each personal choice advance destruction? Because the truth is, if I want to see a better world, it starts with me. So in 2018, ask, who will I be? Yeah. There's part of me that thinks, okay, we're done. There's the message. I mean, it's done. And by the way, I taught him all that. That's all me. Anyway, seriously, when I, when I first saw that, I thought, oh my gosh, I am inspired and I want to inspire you to make this the best year of your life. I mean it. We can say it. Let's do it. Best year for you. Best year for me. Best year for us. Why not? 2018. That could be the year. I remember, I've shared this before. I remember uh, a few years ago, I was turning 50. Just a couple years ago, I was turning 50. Actually, it was a decade ago, I turned 50. And I was like mourning this. I'm like, I'm old, I'm useless, I'm going to be 50. I don't want anybody to know. I just kept it quiet. It's just me and Ann. It's like, nobody's going to know. I'm not going to say anything. And I remember I was standing back there by the exit sign one, like a month before my birthday. And this guy walked up and he goes, hey, man, you're like turning 50 this year, aren't you? And I go, how do you know that? He goes, let me tell you something. The decade of the 50s will be the best decade of your life if you want it to be. He was like 58 or 60 at the time. I go, dude, trust me. He goes, no, trust me. This can be your best decade. It's up to you. And I decided right then and there, this will be the best decade of my life. And I'm telling you right now, it was the best decade of my life. And now at 60, I'm like, the next decade could be the best decade of my life. And I mean it. I would have never thought 51, 54, 55 could be anything And I look back and go, thank Jesus that I made a decision to make this the best year and then next year and next year. And let me tell you, you you know this, but let me remind you, if you want this year to be the best year of your life, it starts with one decision that has to be made right here, right now. Don't wait till tomorrow. It's right today. Am I right? It starts with the man in the mirror. Cody doesn't know this, but everything he just said came from Michael Jackson. He just didn't know that. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I mean, Michael was right. It's like it doesn't have to do with your spouse or your kids or your neighbor or your pastor or somebody in your life. It has to do with you looking in the mirror and say, change starts with me. And so I think that if we walk into 2018, let's start with the choice you're going to make right now. And again, not tomorrow, today to say, I'm going to choose in this 30 minutes right now to make a decision to make this the best year of my life. And it starts with one choice. Because here's the truth. You know this. Every choice leads to consequences. Every parent tells this to your kids, right? Have you ever said this? Son, daughter, good choices yield good consequences. Bad choices yield bad consequences. Any parents ever said that? Yeah. By the way, we're doing a parenting series starting the week after Super Bowl. You don't want to miss it. It's all about how to raise great kids, right? Well, that statement that parents make to their kids is to parents well, as well. It isn't just for your kids to know that. You and I as adults need to make a right choice today because every choice has consequences. And you don't even know sometimes what those choices are or those consequences are. Uh, a few weeks ago on Wednesday, it was a Wednesday, I remember that we had this 
snowstorm just come bounding in at like three or four o'clock in the afternoon. You remember it? Just like four, five, six inches, bam, hit us in like an hour and a half. I was home, got home at like four o'clock that day, and Ann was there, and it was just coming down, and you couldn't drive. And I look at her, and I said, we can't even snowplow yet, or snowblow our driveway, because it's going to be coming down for hours. I said, let's go to a movie. <laughs> She's like, we got the night off. Let's go to a movie. Everybody else will be out doing it. We'll just sit in the movie theater and enjoy the movie, and then we'll come home, and we'll start working on getting you know, the driveway plowed. So we get in the car and start driving. And if you're anything like me, this is how I am in snow driving. I'm like, nobody can drive in snow but me. They're all terrible. They're all idiots. Anybody? Anybody do the same? Look at all you people. You know, you're probably the people I think are... T- anyway, we're driving right over here on Brown Road. We're about to cross over Lapeer at the light there, right? McDonald's and, the, and we're going to AMC Great Lakes, right? So we're, the light's red, so we're sitting like six cars back and the light turns green and they're just, oh, it's so scary. I'm going to slide. You know, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, look at these idiots. They don't know how to drive. So I make a decision to break the law and go into the right turn lane that you're supposed to turn right and go north on Lapeer and I'm going to pass them all and go. And Ann's like, what are you doing? I'm like, look at these losers. Here we go. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure you're thinking, you don't really think this. I really was thinking this. They don't know how to drive. I'm the best in the world. Here we go. So I made a choice, right? I whip out this way, and now I got to cut back in, and I got to make sure, but they're so slow, it wasn't a problem. So I cut back in, but I went sort of far into the middle of Lapeer, and it was all snowy, and I slid a little bit and went in there, and I turned to Ann as I did. I said, see that? That's how your man does stuff. And we took off. As soon as we cross the pier, I see the tire gauge levels. They just pop up, and my back rear tire goes from 32 PSI to 24 like that. And I literally said to Ann, I go, these things are never right. Look at this thing. And then as I look down again, it's at zero. Like in five seconds, zero. And we hear this. And she goes, hey, big man, you just blew a tire. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I must have hit something in the middle of the pier. I kept saying, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. But I did. So we never got to the movie. I'm changing and putting on a spare in a snowstorm by Home Depot, and we ended up going to Panda Express and going home. That was our night, right? One choice led to all that, right? I made a bad choice, and there it is. Let me tell you something. You and I are going to make a choice today, and that choice is going to determine this year. Now, there's going to be a lot of other choices that come after it, but I want you to understand something. It's that critical what you decide in the next 30 minutes. You can sit there and go, okay, I'll think about this tomorrow. Or you can sit here and say, God wants to speak something to me that's going to change me and now change my legacy and the impact of my life in the next 30 minutes. So I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray that God speaks to you and you and I have ears to hear and also feet to do what he calls us to do. You hear me? I'm asking him, not me, him to speak and you and I to listen and do. Father God, I ask right now that you speak. Only your voice, Jesus. Only your your Holy Spirit. You speak. We don't want to hear any other voice, any distraction, no lies, nothing but truth. God, we are asking you to give us a word, to give us a vision, to give us a goal for this year for our lives. Help us to know what 2018 should look like and help us to know how to get there Right here, right now, God, you speak in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, I've been listening to a song, and we're going to sing at the end of the service. And this song is, I just, I think it's an anthem for 2018 for me. It's called, I Am No Victim. I Live With a Vision. And you're, you're going to hear it and, and maybe sing it if you want later. But the words are all about, and I think God was like saying to me, what, what do you want to say to Kensington this year? What do you want to say to me this year? And I thought of this. I don't want to live 2018 as a victim. I want to live it as a victor. And so I sat down yesterday and I was like, God, give me words to understand 
the, the way victims think and act and the way victors think and act. So I made this chart just really yesterday afternoon that if you want to write it down, don't. Don't write it down. You can't write all that down. Take a picture of it. Um, hopefully we'll put this on so you can look at this. But I thought this is what the difference is. And I don't want to be a victim in 2018. I want to be a victor. And I think you do too. So here's, here's how victims live. Victims blame others. Victors take responsibility. Here's, here's how you know if you're living as a victim. You're always blaming someone else for making an excuse. When I challenge you to do something here, you always have a reason why you can't do it. And there are probably legitimate reasons, but victims live in that mentality. I can never do this. I can never have a great year because of my past or because of my parents or because of my circumstances or something. That's a victim mentality. There's always somebody to blame, and a victor takes responsibility. They may have the same predicament. They may have the same past. They may have some screwed up things in their past, but something different happens in their minds that says, I'm taking responsibility for my life. I am who I am because I choose to, and here we go. By the way, I could do the whole sermon on this chart. You can probably tell, right? But I'm going to fly through it. Second one is a victim lives in the past. A victor lives today and tomorrow. A victim's always stuck with something that happened to them or a bad choice they made yesterday, and they can't seem to ever get out of that pit. And a victor might have made the same decisions yesterday, but I'm not living there anymore. That's something I did that was wrong or something that was done to me, done to me that was horrible, but I am now choosing today to live for today and tomorrow. How does that happen? That comes out of identity. Because a victim feels powerless. I can't change. I want to change, but I can't. But a victor knows I have the power of God available to me who rose Jesus from the dead. That power is in me. I am actually powerful. That's an identity statement. A victim lives alone. There's nobody here. They're like an orphan. Nobody's going to help me. I'm, I'm all by myself. I can't get there. A victor may feel the same things, but they ask for help. And so they're no longer alone. They're like, I need somebody to help me. And so they live in community. A victim is reactive. A victor is proactive. They always react rather than respond. A victim is pessimistic. A victor is optimistic. Here's a big one. And we're going to talk about this in the next series. But a a victim believes lies about themselves, their identity. They live as an orphan. Nobody cares for me. I'm all by myself. I've been abandoned. And a victor believes truth, which we're actually going to sing about at the end of the day, is I am a child of God. They believe that. That's their identity. They wake up tomorrow morning on New Year's morning, not like defeated, like, oh, I'm all alone. I got to struggle through another day or another beginning of the new year. No, you wake up tomorrow morning with an identity that you start to realize is your identity. I am a daughter of the king of the universe. I am a son of the God of all creation. That's my identity. What's that do? You wake up with confidence. You wake up with, let's go. Let's make this day the first day of the best year of my life. Okay, keep going. The next one is a victim makes promises but never fulfills them. A victor shows up. People always say, I'll be there. I'm going to be there. And then they walk out. They're victims. They're living a victim mentality. A victor says, man, this is hard, but I'm not leaving. This is hard, but I said I'd be there, so I'll be there. They just live in that power. And then the last one I just added was, for a victim, change starts tomorrow. And some of you are sitting there like, yeah, we're going to start this next week. Guess what? Probably never happened. A victor says, no, change starts right here, right now. This is my moment. This is my moment. I'm going to seize it. I'm going to start New Year's December 31st instead of January 1. I'm going to start right here, right now. So I thought, okay, that's what I want to live this year. I want to live. Anybody with me? I want to live as a victor. 
in 2018. I never want to live another minute or a day as a victim. It's so easy to fall into that. And I get it. Life's hard and and we struggle. But I'm not going to wallow there. I'm going to get myself surrounded by people who live in victory and say, let's do life together. I want to live a higher plane, a higher level this year than I did last year, which hopefully was higher than the year before. Every year, I want to be better. And I know some of you are like, dude, it's not going to be that much better. Yes, it can be. You make a choice today. You take steps to follow that, that choice, and then we're going to do it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you three choices you need to make today. If you want to live as a victor, if you want this to be the best year of your life, three choices. What did I say? Every choice has a consequence. So we need to start with the first one. So I'm going to take you through a passage. This is the first passage I ever memorized as a new follower of Christ in college. I was a sophomore in college, gave my life to Christ. You guys know the story. And I had a guy who mentored me. And he was not an athlete. And I was a college athlete on scholarship. And he didn't know what to do, what to show me in the Bible. So it was so funny. Bill goes, hey, there's a passage in the Bible. It's all about sports. I think you'll like it. I'm like, really? There's sports in the Bible? He didn't know much about it. He goes, yeah, it's in this book. Now, trust me, it's in this book called 1 Corinthians. I didn't know what a 1 Corinthians was. I didn't know what an apostle Paul was. I was a guy who went to church and never read the Bible ever in my life, thought it was stupid, didn't understand it. It always was meaningless to me. So Bill sat me down and said, hey, there's this dude named Paul, and he had this amazing conversion. You guys all know that amazing thing. And he started planting churches all around Asia Minor, and he, he would then send them letters. First Corinthians is just a letter. And I was like, oh, I always heard it was an epistle. That's what they called it in my church growing up, and I thought it was a gun. I literally didn't know what an epistle was. It's just another word for, like, a religious word for letter. So I'm like, it's a letter? He goes, yeah, they were having backbiting and a vision in the church. He's like, you guys need to, to live a new life. So he wrote this letter. He actually wrote two of them. The first one's called First Corinthians. The second one's called Second Corinthians. There's a novel idea, right? And he goes, and in chapter 9, he sort of addresses this, this athletic metaphor, but it's really not about sports. It's using sports to teach spiritual truths. He goes, you ought to to read it and memorize it. See, one of the things you do as a man of God is you don't just read the Bible, you start to memorize it so it becomes part of you. You do that as a woman of God, right? So I learned that in the first month of being a follower of Christ. This becomes your life. And so I memorized this verse, and I forgot what I memorized, so I'm going to read it to you. (laughs) I just want to make sure it's there. Here's what he says. This is great stuff. He says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to break it through uh, different sections. But in that first verse right there, there's, a, there's the first choice you got to make. You writing this down? This is important. If you want to live 2018 as the best year of your life, if you want to live as a victor, not a victim, if you want to do something and accomplish something you've never accomplished, here's the first thing you need to do. First choice you got to make, do this. Write down your goal. Nobody's writing it down. Write down your goal. I don't care if you write it down digitally on a piece of paper, but here's the truth. And you know this. If you don't write down your goal, you'll never get to that goal. What is your goal for yourself for this year? Do you know what it is? Specifically, write it down. Why do I say write it down? Because you need to put it down on paper, put it down somewhere. And by the way, I'd say write it down and post it all over your house. Take the Sharpie we're going to give to you later. We're going to give you a Sharpie to write something on your hand. Take that Sharpie and write it on a wall. Write it on a post-it note, put it on your refrigerator, put it on your mirror. Wherever you look the most, you should be looking at that goal every day of your life. And I always say, a mirror or refrigerator, wherever you look the most. I hope you're not looking at your refrigerator more than your mirror. If you are, put on that goal on your refrigerator, don't eat all the food in here. Whatever it is, right? But I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm not. It's like, here's the truth, and some of you know this. Do you know how many people, percentage-wise, out of 100%, do you know how many people actually have written goals for their life? Anybody want to take a guess? 5%. Do you know how many people are considered highly successful people? 5%. Uh, Let's think here. 
5% write them down, 5% do it. I think there's a correlation. You get it? There is. If you don't write it down, I literally mean write it down. And don't write 80 words. Write five or six words. Very clearly, measurable, succinctly, this is what I want to accomplish this year in my life. It could be an individual goal. could be even a community goal. could be a goal for your family. But I'm talking right now just about you. Look at the man in the mirror, the woman in the mirror, and say, what does God want me to do and become in 2018? Write it down. Some of you know already. You can write it down while I'm talking. Some of you need to go home and pray and think about it and write it down. We're going to give you one word to write down at the end of the day. But it's like, what is it you want to accomplish? Because what Paul said is he says, all the runners in a race run, but only one receives the prize. And I love this phrase. Run in such a way as to get the prize. So what's Paul's point? Well, I didn't know this until I went to seminary and started studying the Bible, that there's history and there's context that you've got to understand of everything. And you know, it's, it's fascinating. I had to buy books to learn all this. You can do this now. You can Google this. You can literally say, what does 1 Corinthians 9.24 mean? There it is. All these scholars will give you all their wealth. Here's what's going on. Most scholars believe Paul was literally talking about what they called the Isthmian Games back then. It was like the Olympics every three years, and they would go watch these athletes compete. Some scholars think he might have been sitting in the stadium penning this letter to this church as he was literally watching these runners run. And here's what his thought was. He goes, don't just get in a race and run. They came in. Let's just run. How many laps are going? I don't know. We'll see. No, they don't get in a race and win a race that way. They run to win. You want to win, right? You want this year to be the best year of your life. So what's your goal? How are you going to get there? You've got to write it out focus on it, pray about it, and start moving on it. Am I right? Write that baby down. Five years ago, I said the same thing. And by the way, if you go to any motivational seminar, if you listen to anybody talk about leadership, are they going to say what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the first thing you do. If you're going to be successful, you've got to aim at a specific destination. So you've got to write it down. Again, don't just think it or have an idea. Write it down. I've bumped into some teachers sometimes that are teaching right now at all the campuses during the week, and I'll walk up to them and go, hey, dude, what are you saying this weekend in your sermon? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm thinking maybe this. And I'm like, you're not ready. Like, what are you talking about? I go, dude, what is it? What are you going to do in your message? What is your goal? You've got to write it down and know exactly. Otherwise, you're just going to give an average message that nobody's going to be moved by. What is your goal for this message? What is your goal for this life? So five years ago, I was given sort of the same idea on New Year's Eve. I didn't know this. Steve Andrews was sitting right there at this service, the last service. He calls me that night and he goes, dude, you changed my life. I go, what are you talking about? I changed your life forever. What are you talking about? He goes, no, today I was inspired by what you said about writing down a goal. I said basically the same thing. He goes, I wrote down my goal in the service before I walked out. I know what my goal is for 2013, I think it was. I go, what is it? He goes, I'm losing 26 pounds this year. I go, really? He goes, I'm doing it. I've said it forever. I've talked about it. Food is my addiction. This year, it starts. I go, great. What are you going to do now? And he went to choice number two. See, choice number one is write down the goal. By the way, some of you know Steve Andrews. Did he lose 26 pounds? Yes, he did. That year. And he's kept it off for five years straight. 26 pounds is hard. And he kept it off. You know why? Because number one, he wrote down the goal. But number two, and Paul talks about it in the passage, he says, the athletes that compete in these games go into strict training. You know what choice number two is? Choice number one is write down your goal. Choice number two is just as simple. Write down your plan. 
And again, it isn't an idea that you think about. No, you literally write it down. It could be step one, step two, step three. I don't know. But you write it down because here's the deal. You don't get to a destination without a course or a route or a map to get there. Am I right? My dad was an airline pilot. An airline pilot has to, fly, has to pick their destination, the city or place they're going to, the airport, right? Many of you know this. But before they can take that plane up, they have to file what's called a what? Flight plan. They won't let you get in that plane and say, you say, here's my flight plan to get to that destination. I'm not just going to go up and say, hey, let's see how it goes. We'll just blow around and maybe we'll end up, no, no, no. You're trying to get there with this airport, with this frequency. Here's the flight plan. Here's the altitude. Here's the direction I'm going to go. They have to file a flight plan. Here's the truth. If you want 2018 to be the greatest year of your life and you've written down your goal, you need a plan to get to that goal. You're not going to get to that goal just with wishful thinking. You're not going to get to that goal unless you, like an athlete, goes into strict training. See, in those games, they had to go into strict training for nine months before they qualified to compete in these games. So they had a plan to wake up every day to get them ready to run the mile, to run the 800, to do whatever they're going to do. They had a plan, and every day built upon each other. People that ran in the Hope Water Marathon did the same thing. They built on each other as a plan. And if you don't stick to the plan, you don't get to the goal. Am I right? Right? And there's so many people that do that. They have a plan, but they don't follow through with the plan. And so if you go to Lifetime Fitness tomorrow or Tuesday, can you get a parking spot at 6 in the morning? No, you can't. I've tried. Everybody in the universe has got a plan to change their body this year, and they'll all be there January 2nd. Trust me on this, because I've done it. Go four weeks later, you'll park anywhere you want. <laughs> right? Because they do not follow through on that plan. So one is you've got to write the goal down. That's what Steve said. I'm losing 26 pounds this year. I asked him that night, what's your plan? And he said right then, he goes, I'm joining Weight Watchers. Already signed up. I go, really? He goes, dude, they put a scale out every week. You're held accountable. You're in a community. That's my plan. And he did it. Next thing I know, we got Weight Watchers at the office at Kensington. I'm not kidding. He got everybody at Kensington, got up there. Anybody want to join me? Saw these people there. Every Wednesday, I saw them go in this room. They stood on the scale, and they all started to lose weight together. Why? They had a goal, and now they had a plan to follow that goal. And trust me, five years later, he's still doing it. He used to be the guy, I'm not kidding, he would be the first to tell you this. He used to be the guy when we'd sit down and have dinner or lunch together, he would be reaching over and taking my fries off my plate, all the whole thing. Hey, man, give me these. I'm like, get out of here. He'd do that. He was like, dude, they have food. I love food, man. Now he doesn't do that. He goes, 26 points. <laughs> he knows what everything is in a point system. I don't know how it works, but, you know, and, and he isn't mad about it. He's thriving it. He walks in, he's got his carrots and his little... I'm like, who wants to live like that? He does. Why? Because he looks great and he feels great. He feels better than he's ever felt in his year. I was going to put a before or after picture, but I didn't want to embarrass him because he was overweight. And now he's living the dream. Why? Wrote down the goal, went into strict training with a plan to reach the goal. And then, oh, one, one last thing I got to say about this, this plan. And I really, I believe this is true. If you write down this goal and you even develop a plan, it could, it could be sequ sequential steps or whatever. Let me tell you something. Many of you, I think, already know this. But if you don't, I want to remind you. You're never going to get to that goal unless you really get mad about where you are. And when I say mad, I mean like disgusted. See, if it's just like, oh, I sort of want to walk with God this year, you're not going to walk with God. Oh, if I want to be, have a better marriage and be a better husband or a better wife this year, you're never going to become that. That isn't, that isn't a, a, an angst you don't get to a goal until you're like, I am not going to live like this anymore. I am done with that. I'm stopping that. I'm starting this. When you get that, it's like visceral in you. 
that's when you're going to get motivated to do something. Am I right? When you look in the mirror and go, I could probably lose a few pounds. Guess what? You're never losing a few pounds. When you look in the mirror and go, what the crap am I doing? Look at that. That's pathetic. Now you got a chance. Am I right? When you look at your spouse and go, what's wrong with you? When are you going to change? When are you going to make this marriage better? Your marriage is never getting better. When you look in the mirror and say, why am I not the husband I should be? Why am I not the wife I should be? Then your marriage is going to get better. Because it's not about them. It's about you looking in the mirror and getting a holy, Bill Hybels calls it a holy discontent. Wrote a whole book about it. It's like righteous. It isn't a, a bad anger. It's a good anger. It says, I'm not tolerating this anymore in my life. You know, it's interesting. Uh, the house we lived in before we moved to the house we had now, uh, I had the, we had two bushes right by the, the walk to the front door. Two little, like, miniature, like, Christmas trees size. But they're just real little, but they look like evergreens, but real tiny. I don't know what they were. My wife could tell you what they were. But they're both great. Well, this one on the left side died. Like, two months after I put it in. Just brown stick thing, you know? It's just really ugly. And it just sat there. And every day I look at it, I was like, I got to dig that up and replace it because I can't get it to come back alive. And I never did. And I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. Almost every day I look at it and go, That's, I got to replace it. Never did. For like a year. And one day, my buddy Paul Early was over. Guy I led to Christ and mentored uh, years ago. And he was walking out of my house, and Ann and I were saying goodbye to him at the front door. And as he walked by, he looked out at this little bush. And he goes, dude, that is pathetic. That thing is so embarrassing. Look at it. That is just, that's, that's terrible. And he walked to his car. That was it. That's all he said. And when he said that, I looked down at it, and it was like the first time I realized how pathetic it was. And when he said that, I go, hey, watch this. I went right into the garage. I grabbed the shovel. I came back out. I said, watch this. Boom, boom, boom. Pulled that thing out. I go, watch this. I went to the garage. Doosh. Done. Now, what happened? I got so mad that I finally did something and changed my life. That's holy discontent. Anybody with me? It's like, oh my gosh. When you get there about your life, then you're going to fulfill that plan. You hear me? Until then, it's just an idea right? With no plan to follow through. You know, it's interesting. Today is the last game of the season for the Lions. You know that. Some of you are probably happy, right? If we went up one last week, maybe this week we're thinking about a playoff game, but we didn't. So here we are. And I know some of you are like, oh good, it's finally over. I'm really, really sad because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow, but it could be Black Monday tomorrow in the NFL, which means our head coach and others get fired. To you, you're like, good, we need a new head coach. To me, it's like a brother. Jim Caldwell's like a father. And so even last night doing chapel and Friday morning doing Bible study with Jim and the guys there, it was just like, it feels like a morgue. Even last night, it felt like that everybody knows the hammer's coming on Monday. And I get it. We need a new coach. And yeah, yeah, like that's the answer. This might be my 12th one. That's worked right? It's his fault, right? But anyway, all I know is like, oh man, standing there last night in front of him, knowing this is the last chapel of the season. There is no other game for us. We're done. It was not easy. But it's interesting. When we started the season 20 weeks ago, and I say 20 because we started preseason. I started the year at preseason chapel. We do on Saturday night a little chapel message before their game in preseason the next day. Here's how I started the year. I said, guys, just guys in the room, it's like 20 and some coaches, I said, this is the year. I'm going to challenge you with me. Let's become men of the word. 
Not just men of God, men of the word. Because guys, here's the deal. I see guys all the time in church saying they're men of God. They don't even know the word. They don't even read it. They're like infants with the word of God. And I learned in my first several months as a man of God that if I was to be a man of God, I need to be a man of the word. And I didn't even know the word. So I became a scholar of the word of God, a student. Not because I wanted to be a pastor, because I wanted to be a man of God. I wanted to be the husband God wanted me to be, the dad of God wanted me to be. And I know it starts with the word. So I gave this challenging message. Let's become men of the word this year. And everybody in the room's like, yeah. Well, here's what I forgot. I gave them the goal. I didn't give them a plan. So it was really interesting. I get done and I, I pray. And before we left the room, one of the coaches stands up and he goes, so what's the plan? Just like that. Cause they, this is the way they live. They have goals and they have plans to get there. So he says to me, what's the plan? I go, I don't know. <laughs> you guys figured that out. I hadn't even gone there yet. I'm like, oh, I'll talk about that next week. But I really hadn't thought it through. I just inspired him with no direction. I mean, direction, but no plan. And Don Carey, one of our safeties, who may play his last game as a lion today, who spoke at Lions Night back in December, he stands up and goes, I'll send everybody a plan tonight. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I'm going to develop a reading plan that will take us from this week till the playoffs, and it will end in the playoffs, and we'll read the whole Bible together. It will be in your email box tonight, and it was. There's a plan. So guess what we've been doing? All these guys, we've been reading basically four chapters a day together. Guess what I did the whole season? Never done this before. I'd walk in on Friday to do Bible study, and I'd say, hey, yesterday we read Malachi 3. Let's talk about it. And i just teach what we read. It was so easy. It's like we're all on the same page. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're becoming men of the word, not because we have a goal, because we wrote down that goal, then we wrote down a plan, and we're following it. But here's the final, the final choice. You can choose to write down your goal. You can choose to write down your plan, but nothing happens until the third choice happens. And the third choice is you got to take the first step. Am I right? Go to any leadership seminar, they'll tell you the same thing, and they're right. It's just an idea until you take the courageous first step. Paul says in that passage, he goes, I don't run aimlessly. I do not beat the air. I make my body my slave. What's that mean? He gets in the gym. He pays the price. And he's talking about athletes. This is what they do. They don't talk about it. They show up at the gym at 6 a.m., not just one day, every day. It's the plan that they stay to. And by the way, you don't do that as an athlete or as a spiritual man or woman without accountability and a community to do that with you. You try to do this alone, it'll never last more than two weeks. You do it in a community, guess what? You have a chance. But you got to take that first step which is the most important step, and then you follow through with other steps. Am I right? That's how it happens. And so it's one thing to write down a goal. It's very important. It's one thing to write down a plan. It's very important, but it's just as important. Step number three or choice number three, they're all sort of one big choice, is like, okay, let's go. I mean, you can do, and it happens all the time. You can say to you right now, it's like, I'm going to become a man of God this year. I'm going to become a woman of God this year. Guess what? If you don't take a step, it's never going to happen. If you don't decide, I am not going to tolerate this sin in my life anymore, and you get mad about that, you're going to tolerate that sin. In a weak moment, you're going to get back into it. And by the way, if you really want this to be the best year of your life spiritually, by the way, that's the whole point of Paul's thing. Did you notice that? He says, they do all this, the athletes, to what? Get a crown that will not last. Talk about a Super Bowl ring. Talk about an Olympic gold medal. It's awesome, but it's just a medal. It doesn't mean anything. He says, we do it. Who's we? Followers of Christ. He says, we do it to get a crown that will never perish. He's saying, I'm using an athletic metaphor to get at something deeper, something eternal, something that's life-changing that really, really, really matters. So trust me, if you're sitting right now and you're like, man, I want this year to be the best year of my life. Let me tell you something. 
and I mean this, get your rear end here every week. I'm not saying that because we have better numbers. I'm saying that because you don't grow spiritually unless you're putting yourself in environments that fill you up to grow spiritually. Am I right? And I know you can do that online. I know you can stream in, and that, that's great. But man, when you get in this room and you sit around other people and there's community and there's, there's flesh and blood here, something different happens. Some of you never made the choice to get in a small group. This is the year. Get in one. Some of you, I'm telling you right now, God's going to speak to you today and say, lead a small group. That's the scary first step is I don't know enough. I'm not good enough. That's a victim orphan mentality. Yes, you are. God wants to use you. This is your year to maybe start leading in a way that you never have before. In fact, as I developed this, I want to tell you a, a quick story about this. As I developed this, here's what I want to do, because I think it makes perfect sense to take the offering right now. Because we're going to end the day having you write something on your hand, and I, do, I want the offering part to be done, and we're going to sing about that as well. So the usher is going to come forward. They're going to pass the pouch as I keep talking about it. Let me tell, tell you something about the offering. Because I made a goal. I wrote it down at the beginning of last year. We're just now closing 2017. My goal and Ann's goal was to give more money financially to God than I'd ever given. In fact, I've had that goal several years in a row, and I beat it last year, and I'm like, I want to do it again this year. That was a written goal. I had a plan laid out. What does that mean monthly that I give? Last night, I sat on my couch. I pulled out my phone. I went to the Kensington app. I clicked give, and I gave my last check for the year, my year-end gift, and I beat last year. And I'm not competitive. It was just I felt like God put that on me, and I wanted to give. Why am I telling you that? So that you'll go, oh, wow, he gave a lot of money. No, I'm telling you that because I'm encouraging you to do the same thing. In every area of your life. If you want to grow spiritually in your prayer life or in, your, in any area, why wouldn't we grow in this area as well? I want to be more generous than I've ever been. So it was so good last night for Anna and I to go, wow, we did it. And next year's going to be incredible. And I just want to say this. So many of you give so generously. People are giving year-end gifts, which is just beautiful. And I want to thank you for doing that because it's amazing what God does with your and my giving to bless the world. But that's that critical first step. I could have talked about it all year or I could have done it. And I've done it. And I'm going to do it again. So here's what's interesting. I said at the beginning, you make a choice, and those choices have consequences. Think about this. The very critical first step. I made a choice at 19 years of age, my sophomore year in college, to follow Jesus. I had no idea. That single choice would change not just my life, but my entire life from every minute after that in my legacy See, I didn't know in that one critical choice, I was changing the legacy of the Wilson name. Many of you know the story, but think about this. The second I chose Jesus, I stopped a legacy of divorce, adultery, and alcoholism, and womanizing from my dad. I was going to continue the same pattern without even knowing it. It was all in there. Everybody that looked at my life from the outside said, he is becoming just like his dad. And one critical decision to follow Jesus changed it all. I'm not saying everything became perfect, but I didn't realize the power of a Jesus moment in your life changes everything. My entire legacy is totally different. I was sitting there the first service and I watched that slam thing Cody did and I just, I almost wept. I'm like, that doesn't happen. If I don't choose Jesus, there isn't this legacy. And I'm going to say it's a perfect legacy or anything like that, but it's a totally different legacy. One choice did all that. And some of you don't know Jesus yet. You didn't know him in 2017, and my, my nightmare would be that you go into 2018 and not know Jesus. 
Today, right now, this could be your moment to say, I'm going to choose Jesus. I want a different legacy than I've been handed, and I'm the one that can change it. Not somebody else. Not my, I'm the one. That's a victor saying, I'm taking responsibility. It starts right here, right now. I'm going to change my life, and by changing my life, I don't even know the ripple effect, but it is going to change the legacy of my name. Is that you? I hope it's you, because today's your day. So here's what we're going to do. We always talk about New Year's resolutions. I think they're a waste of time. In fact, I read a stat this week. 95% of people never fulfill their New Year's resolution. They don't work. They're pipe dreams. They don't even write them down. Like, I want to be this. this it doesn't do anything. But what does do something that's done in my life is what we call the one word. And here it is. I wrote it on my hand. It's like, what is the one word God wants to do in you and through you this year? And so every year I've had a word. One year it was bold. One year it was uh, um, fearless. Last year it was Abide. And yesterday I sat with God and I said, God, what is it for this year? And he's like, you didn't do real good on the abide one. I'm going to give you another one. Just like it. And here's mine. It's pray. I've been a guy that when things happen in my life or struggles come along, I always find the human way to solve it. I get somebody, hey, we got, we got to figure this out rather than going, I need to start with God. I need to ask God to show up and do something. When I'm with you or in a meeting, I want to lead that thing with prayer. I want to become a man of prayer this year. So God gave me that word and I wrote it here. And so we're going to have you write a word on your hand. You just write it the, the normal way and then when you flip it, there it is. Hashtag my word 2018. Take a picture of it, send it all over the place. In fact, Wednesday night, come back to our midweek. We're going we're gonna to anoint you and pray over your word. Keep that on there. By the way, when you go to the New Year's Eve party tonight, you have this big thing on your hand. People are going to go, dude, what's that? You get to talk about it. Seriously, it's going to be a conversation starter. Like, yeah, I feel like God wants to do this in my life this year. They'll be like, what? What are you talking about? Am I right? It's going to be a beautiful moment. So we're going to show you a video right now of some people who have already done it. They started the process, and they're just going to tell you what their word is. Actually, after this video, we're going to sing that song, I Have No Victim, while you can write the word. There are going to be Sharpies passed out to you, and we don't have enough for everybody, so write your word and then pass it in community, and they'll write their word. And then there's going to be a quick open mic. If you want, you can stand up and trust me on this. Please do it in 30 seconds or less and say, seriously, it could go forever. Just stand up and say, if you want, nobody has to. My word is pray, and here's why. My word is here's why. It's a great moment to do that. I'm actually going to head down to the stadium, so Josh and Becky are going to lead that moment. But trust me, God has been showing up all morning to say, this is what we want to do in you, but more importantly, in us this year. So let me pray that God will give you a word. Father, I pray, even as we watch this video, you would just clearly give us the word for each one of us, for what you want to do and what you want to be and who you want us to become this year. God, our ears are open, our hearts, our souls are wide open. Speak now to us. And Lord, I pray if there's one today that doesn't know you, this is their moment right here. They say, Jesus, I follow you. And they walk into that lobby and they walk over to starting point and say, I'm ready to start a brand new life. Help me, where do I start? God, do that here right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. kind of revealed to me my word at the end of a season of dryness in my life. That's when he kind of came in and just hushed a lot of my fears saying, don't worry, don't fear, you're going to be my witness in 2018. My word for 2018 is witness. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I'm free to live my life feeling oppressed and depressed by what others think of me or I'm free to choose to believe what God says about me. My word for 2018 is free. 
I just recently started Claim Your Campus, which is a prayer movement with all the high schoolers. It's been growing rapidly. It's just going to change the lives of so many people. It's going to be huge. My word for 2018 is unforgettable. I chose hope for my word. Hope is the only thing that allows me to continue to live this life. It's the reason why I can have joy in my heart. I realize even if I go through trials or tribulations or struggles or make mistakes or fall, my hope is still in Christ alone. My word for 2018 is hope. My word for 2018 is intentional. I would like to be intentional with my relationships, with the Lord, with my friends, and with my family. I'd like to be intentional with my time. If I am intentional, I believe that I can make a difference. My word for 2018 is intentional. When I reflected on 2017, I don't think I experienced a lot of peace. I think following Jesus, we were supposed to have abundant blessings, and peace is one of those. So my word for 2018 is peace. As Dave said, we're going to take this time, we're going to sing a song. Um, called I Am No Victim. And it's really what everything Dave was just talking about is choosing to live life in the eyes of understanding that Jesus loves each and every one of us, that he takes us as we are, and that we don't have to live that way because he is, he's giving us courage. And so we're going to sing this song, and as we sing it, um, if you want to join in, we'd love that, but also if you want to just sit back, write your word down, maybe God's speaking to you through it, and then we'll, um, and we'll do the open mic moment after that.
we take this moment. For some of you, you may want to share what your word was for this year. And I want to encourage some of you. As some of you are probably sitting there thinking, maybe I don't want to do this. I'm a little nervous too. But I want to encourage you. Is that you sharing about your word may encourage somebody else in this place. And so if you if you want it, we've got a couple people. We've got Becky over here and Ryan over here. And um, just slip up your hand. And maybe you want to share what your word is and why why you believe God may have given that to you. So let's just take a few seconds. Anybody? My name's Will, and last year's word for me was worthy, and it, maybe it was because I, I felt I wasn't worthy. This year, my word is share, because I have that, that discernment that I know that I have this ability to share Christ Jesus' love. How y'all doing today? Um, it's been a rough year, but uh, I uh, chose, wrote the word work. A lot of us have a negative uh, view on work. It seems like there's a, there's a lot to it, but anything worth having, you got to work for it. And I want to work to be closer to God and to be close to my family and my friends. And I just, that is a positive thing. We get to do, we get to work, and we get to live in God. Thank you. I'm Zoe, and I also chose the word work because I can't like sit around and wait for stuff to happen. I need to work to achieve my goals. One or two more. Anybody else? Got one over here. We'll grab one more from you at the end, Ryan, after this. Hi, I'm Melissa, and um, for this year I chose the word movement. And that really embodies everything I'm about, whether it be my health and fitness, whether it be my business that I run, whether it be in my faith, and just continually moving and growing within those. My name's Debbie, and I chose the word aware, because I always want to be aware of when God's speaking me or asking me to move and walk in his direction. Thank you. Hi, my name is Eric, and uh, my word for this year is serve. God has just blessed me so much this year and poured his love into my heart, and I just want to turn around and give that love back out to others. I chose the word faith because instead of letting my circumstances uh, affect me, I'm choosing faith and believing God and his ability to change Hey, that's awesome. Hey, by the way, that's mine too, faith, for the same reasons. So amen to that. Hey, we wanted you guys to stand up, and um, we want to end today declaring um, one of our favorite songs in this place, No Longer Slaves. Um, and we want to sing it out of saying that in 2018, we are going to declare that we are going to be children of God. We're not going to be slaves any longer to fear. And so we want to challenge each and every one of us to just sing this out. If you know it, sing it with us. Uh, if you're here with us for the first time. Just sit back and enjoy it.
wanted me to remind you guys we have midweek this week please come back join us for that Um, otherwise we'll see you next week thanks for being here with us